This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise up uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning. So hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle. This is the year of the leader. This is the Leading Second Podcast. Welcome to the Leading Second Podcast. So glad you've made it to this space. If you lead and you're leading from the middle, if you're trying to do your best for your pastor, uh, leading strong, moving the church forward, then this is the space for you. My name is Clark and I'm one of the team members here at Leading Second. I'm glad you found the space and you've tuned in. Before we jump into the interview today, I wanted to let you know we're back for another year of coaching groups. This is meant to serve as the catalyst for team health and organizational momentum, specifically designed for campus pastors, executive pastors, anyone in your church's lead team, so that you can master the art of second chair leadership. Through this interactive and immersive coaching experience, you're gonna be put in an environment where you are equipped to walk in your God-given calling and bring excellence to your unique role. You're going to be connected with coaches and other leaders in the same seat as you through this 12 to 24 month coaching journey. Spots are limited and we'd love for you to apply at leadingsecond.com forward slash coaching dash groups. For today's interview, we are honored to welcome Omar L. Tekrori back to the podcast to talk about losing your voice to find it. Let's jump into the conversation. Well, Omar, welcome back to the Leading Second Podcast. So glad to have you with us today. Dude, I am honored uh, to be invited back. And I think this is like round three in some way, shape or form. So I guess I'm part of the fam. Oh, yeah. Well, I decided that the first time we talked... And my wife like fangirls over your social and stuff. So we just love you. And beyond that, that you know, joking aside, uh, we respect who you are as a leader. And I love the house you're a part of. I love your pastor so much. Um, and and you are such a brilliant extension of that house in your own way. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do at City Light Church. Yeah, so... Uh... My name is Omar Tsakori, and I'm a, a, a community pastor at City Light Church with pastors Jabin and Shannon Chavez. Planted in 2018, we celebrated five years of uh, February of this year, and we've just seen incredible growth, uh, but not only corporately, but I would say individually, myself, you know, as a young leader, um, now being a part of a church plant and, and you know, doing things for the first time. Uh, this was the first congregation I preached to. I didn't preach to a, a youth group in the when I was in youth ministry. And uh, I have grown in my communication because of so many things. But yeah, I, I get the honor to be able to preach about four to six times a a year on the platform on a Sunday. Um, that's not not to include in other you know capacities like when right. we shoot you know video courses, when we you know do small groups, and we when we do leadership nights and things like that. So uh, it, it's such a an honor and a privilege to be in the in this role and be able to operate in it. But 
uh, yeah, hoping to help a lot of people today who listen or are watching to this, um, who might find themselves in that position like mine and how we can, what you said, the goal of the podcast was, uh, offline, which was to really extend what the pastor is, the right. lead pastor is, um, in their heart. Yeah. And, and that's what we wanted to do today. We want to have a conversation on communication. It's a leadership topic. You know, we're, we're calling this the year of the leader, uh, here on the podcast. And I, can't get around talking about communication when we're talking about leadership. Leadership and communication are so intertwined. And and when you can sharpen the saw in this regard in your life, if you're given even a meeting to lead or mm. certainly a Sunday to preach or anything in between, your sharpness, your ability to communicate well just increases so much of your leadership capacity. So that's why we wanted to have this conversation today, and I'm so glad you're you're uh, willing to do it. We're going to set the topic up here in just a minute. But I also brought along a couple of friends today to help me talk with you, interview with you, um, friends of mine who have different different uh, role or different churches, I guess, different flow of church. Uh, first of all, from my home church is Jesse Rodriguez, one of our location pastors. Say what's up to everybody, Jesse. Hey, glad to be on today. It's going to be a great discussion. Looking forward to some fun. Jesse is a great coach on our Leading Second team. He's also part of my church, uh, so I'm proud to get to link arms with him. But, you know, our church is a broadcast church, right, Pastor Jesse? So, I mean, you you find yourself um, leading and leading from the platform, but you're, 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 you're doing it through a non-teaching capacity primarily. Is that kind of how you would... Describe that. Absolutely. We are the furthest broadcast location from our broadcast location. (laughs) We're two and a half hours away. So we are some distance away from uh, the communication where our senior pastor communicates. (laughs) That's right. For them to come to Tuesday staff meeting once a month like they do, it's like a mountain range in between, just so everybody knows. (laughs) So they literally cross a mountain pass to come to staff. Uh, Anyway, and they're always on time, by the way, I will note. So there you go. And then uh, Stephanie Blanton from Freedom House Church in Charlotte is with us. Say what's up to everybody, Stephanie. Hey, everybody. So happy to be here with you today. I am so excited about talking about communication. It's so, so important. So can't wait. And you do like everything at the church. So you have your hands in a million things, but you have your hands in a location and your church um, would would have teaching pastors at each location. So a bit different flow there. Yes. So what we do is we rotate campuses. So we have a teaching team that rotates from campus to campus. So that way our pastors are at every campus, um, you know, at least once a month. So that it works out really well. And the beauty of it is they only have to prepare one message. Hey, there you go. There you go. We're all about efficiency. Omar could say a few things about that. Uh, But the idea behind this is for us to acknowledge, first of all, that, that every church is different. And, and many different ways of approaching this are beautiful. So we don't come at this uh, just through the eyes of one method. Uh, we just really wanted to have a conversation that acknowledges that our pastors um, lead us into different places in different seasons, and we're respecters of that. So let me set up this conversation. Um, I want to talk today about losing your voice to find it. And, and let me kind of just this is a little different. Let me set this up. Matthew chapter 10, which is a leadership meeting, mind you, says in verse one, he called his disciples to them and gave them authority. So so they're leading here. 
gave them authority to drive out demons, heal the sick. In verse 39, Jesus is sort of framing in, okay, here's how I need you to lead for me. And he says this line that has forever um, changed my life. He says, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. There is something about the kingdom that you find your life when you lose it. And Omar, I'm just going to come to you right away because I feel like second chair leaders have to find their place in this verse. Like we have to find our home here that when we serve in the second chair, we're serving, of course, under Christ, but also under our pastors. And we're a part of something a whole lot bigger than ourselves. So, I mean, have you ever found yourself in a like, I had to lose my life to find it moment or season serving in the second chair in your church? Uh, no, 100. I think there, when, when you consider the dynamics of your experiences, uh, and then even, you mean, let's call it really good things that have happened to you that shape, you know, limiting beliefs and then bad things that happen to you that shape limiting beliefs. Then you step into like new seasons, new territories of leadership and not oh, those limiting beliefs become these equations we, you know, conjure up when we start to lead when, you know, so many times our limiting beliefs isn't the case, right? There's like, right, so, right. So in, in that, I, yes, I mean, I I've had to die to so many, and it, it's a constant process. I would even say it's not even like a one, one and done thing. It's like this constant, like reevaluating, like, Whoa, I, I still, I'm still carrying that thing from my last experience in ministry. You know, I'm, 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 I'm still, um, uh, approaching this person or, you know, uh, you know, the way I approach a uh, pastor Jabin, like, and sometimes there's a chip on my shoulder, but it's like, no, he, he never asked me to have that chip on my shoulder, you know? So I, I think there's definitely, and that's a tension to be managed, you know, obviously. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, realizing things that, that aren't going to make way into the future in, in regards to my leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have desire for a while to want to teach? Did you grow up, you know, wanting to do this or is this something you kind of have learned or, you know, f fell into later on here? Yeah, no, I I love this question because if if you don't know much about me or my story, I I was a I'm a behind the scenes. That's like where I got my start. I was doing video. I was doing I was running the you know social media pages at my previous church, and I still find myself behind the scenes. But um, there was a time where I felt as I'm like shooting these devotionals, you know, this might have been I I might have been maybe twenty twenty two or twenty three. I did I felt like I felt the whisper that it was like you're, you're going to be up there. And I felt it, I felt it was from God. And, and it, what I personally was, I was at a church where you don't tell somebody the desire that you have to preach and teach. You know, I mean, you just, mm. you kind of don't say it. And, and so I, I just kept it in. I just, I just knew it was, it was probably God who was, who said that. And so that was my shift. Um, as far as the way I would now watch communicators and teachers and preachers on Sundays and how I watch uh, them on, you know, YouTube and stuff. I, it, it changed between what I was watching them uh, say and, and versus now watching them, how they said things, you know? And, and so I would say, I almost felt like this like commission, like, Hey, you're going to one day be up there, start preparing. And 
And I, I, I think that was, there was, there was that moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to start to become a student of the art form of communication. Um, and so that, that was kind of when that happened, but I never actually, I never told nobody. And I think the desire wow. only, the desire only increased when I started to hear vo so many voices and I realized like, oh, wow, like I would, I would touch on that. I, I would have went this direction with that. I, it would be really helpful, you know, because I'm, you know, very introspective. I'm like, I'm an Enneagram five. So I'm like, I'm always doing my research and I'm making sure that I'm good at what it is that I'm, I'm my job is to do. Um, and so I, I felt like, okay, I, I think, I think I have a part to play as far as like communicating, uh, to, to church. And, and I did bring that desire up to my pastor, like early in the, when, when city light started, I was like, Hey, I'm all in for video. Like I, you got me heart and soul. And I just want to let you know, I feel like God's given me this desire. Mm. And I would say in like, I can't, I can't even explain how grateful I am for how Pastor Jabin in this time has stewarded that desire in me um, to the point where people are very impressed with, I would say, and, and I say this humbly, but like impressed with my, the, how I communicate, whether it's on video, whether it's on stage. And I have obviously one of the greatest to study, but he's also coached me, like literally coached me. Like there's being pastored and then there's being coached and dudes, you know, pastors, pastors coached uh, me through it. And yes. And so, uh, yeah. And so I say all that to say, I think there's so something to say about that preparation stage. And I did find myself even communicate in context like small group on a weekly basis. Um, I found myself communicating um, with leading team huddles, you know, and, and something I've learned is that everything communicates. My, my posture communicates what I'm, my, my attire communicates my, uh, my, you know, charisma communicates or lack thereof. That's why I mean, my, my video setup communicates, you know, everything communicates. Right. And so, right. Um, and so it really, it, it really started this process, I think of preparation more than anything, but I would say that was kind of like the inception of when I felt that desire come. Um, and, and, and yeah. For the record, you're a great communicator. You're allowed to, you're allowed to brag on the podcast. I'm okay with that today. You're, <laughs> you're, you're great. You're a great communicator. And, but I love where you started us today in that we're not, because we're going to talk about losing your life. We're going to kind of go all in on the house and all that. But I hope what people would hear at the beginning is we're not villainizing gift and calling. And it, it is kind of a scary thing to bring up, like say, hey, I I want to preach <laughs> or, you know, I, I want to lead. And, and sometimes those moments are, aren't easy to declare yourself. And I'm thankful that you were in an environment that stewarded that. I'd, I'd say sure. similarly about myself, but for those that aren't, you know, we're not villainizing the desire to use your gifting or lead, you know, 100. Um, and, and like, I'm it honestly now, now because I was that person, I was kind of like shy to share that. I want, I want more people to come out forth and just say it because we need good communicators. We, we need people who can communicate effectively. That's and right. if God's put the desire, then it, it is as leaders, it's our, our role to steward that desire that's God given. And Hey, I mean, if it, it's just seasonally stewardship and maybe they move on or whatever, whatever, but I'm just like, we need more good, effective communicators. I love what Erwin McManus says. He says, uh, in the past, he used to say the future belongs to creatives. 
And with, with, with so much going on, with so many opinions, with social media, everybody's hopping on, everybody's a thought leader. The future belongs to great communicators. That's right. That's right. And, um, and so I, I think this, this is a art form skill set, you know, and, and even calling even more so that yes, I think leaders, we need to steward better. Man, don't even get me started on the everybody has a platform and a voice thing right now. It is driving <laughs> me bananas. I mean, uh, you know, I'm all here for free speech, but my goodness, you, you know, the, the the challenge for me right now is, yeah, anyone can turn on a video and hook up a mic and say something. You have no idea the condition of their life, though. You have no right. idea. We're actually taught to judge prophets as true and false, you know, by the fruit of their lives. And anyways, I won't get us off on that rabbit trail today, but that is a big bother of mine. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to open floor. Jesse, Stephanie, either of you want to fire away? I guess, you know, how, how did you develop your gift of communication? You know, I know that you, you talked about coaching. Uh, I think it's such a, an important topic because, you know, if you're just given the opportunity to preach, but you're not given the tools or the resources to develop the communication, um, some, sometimes you're kind of lost in that development. So talk about that a little bit. So good. Yeah. I, I would say pre like pre me being ordained and, you know, getting a microphone, uh, my love for scripture started by being discipled by this guy named Daniel Fernandez. He was like my youth pastor, young adult pastor, and he really took six, he took six weeks to walk me through biblical interpretation. And I, I wasn't even communicating at that point. I was just hungry uh, for God's word. And it was, so it was, it was the passion for God's word that I feel like was obviously the foundation of all this. And then when it came time, you know, years fast forward and, and Pastor Jamin gives me a weekend and I'm like, dude, the first time I'm preaching is going to be on a Sunday to adults. Like, who the heck am I, you know? And, um, and, and I think on a practical level, you know, number one would be the framework, right? The framework for a sermon, which our church, you know, as far as how Pastor Jabin has outlined it, and this is a, goes a little bit, you know, toward like the dying to the thing to myself, you know, in order to find my voice was that that's the framework. You know, you're going to, you know, we write three point sermons. We have, we have, we get, we get right. There's all these things that he would tell me. We get right into it. You know, we don't, we don't start with these elongated stories. We, we preach under 35 minutes. It's, it's, it's helpful for Monday. We're, We're speaking to that individual. We're speaking to that father of 40 years old, you know, that doesn't lead his family. Um, all these nuanced insights that we would have over meetings. And then, and then obviously the, the feedback part, which, sometimes feels like correction because uh, it's uncomfortable. You're like, man, I just preached God's word. I'm on a high right now. And then it's like, hey, let's uh, let's talk about the way you shared that story was very off-putting. It's like, oh, you know, like that, that, that probably, that definitely would have made people kind of put a wall in between you and them by the way, you, by the tone, by the way you said that. And it's not, and Jabin always is, Pastor Jabin is always big on like, I know what you're saying. I know you, but you have to realize not everyone knows us. So these tools and these practical things would come in the relationship that I had with Pastor Jabin, uh, going back and forth, uh, going over sermons and then the preparation part. But one cool thing, I think even, you know, Pastor packaged his preaching knowledge into like a masterclass course and it was like two and a half hours. And 
I would say he did that to multiply what we were doing on a one-on-one basis. Wow. That's That's brilliant. That's brilliant. That that'd be worth the whole podcast right there. Go if, take if, if, Pastor Javen Chavez's preaching masterclass. Well, yeah, but and then also and just the that. idea that that we could, you could talk about this for a quick second if you want, but just we we underutilize video greatly mm-hmm. in terms of training and preparing those around us. Right, I, I always say like, you know, especially for churches, to use video to streamline systems and also. Uh, not have to repeat yourself with every meeting. So, you know, what's so cool is like, there's an understanding that I, I've i gone through this masterclass course also, you know, and so, so I understand I don't need to touch on topics that I don't need to touch on. So I understand that I don't need to try to be somebody I'm not. I understand that I need my three voices that I am attracted to, that I pull from. I understand these things that like just this even... Like, I I think it's just the idea of like, what is it most, most leaders, like even lead pastors would, they think about it. It's not really just put on paper or it's not put on a system. And I I would say system only um, increases the speed and also the ability to get more people involved in things. Cause now it can, I don't, it could, it could filter through people as people go through that, you know? And um, yeah, so definitely that's, there's a power tip for all those listening and watching. It's funny, Omar, when you were saying what you were saying, because even for my role and my position in my church is I'm a a campus pastor, location pastor, whatever verbiage you want to use. And we on occasion get a chance to communicate. And even when you said that with Pastor Jamin, it's three points, you're going to have that same ebb and flow with it as well, too. Like I haven't even taken it upon myself from how the document is created from my senior pastor. My documents can be created the same just in a way to continue to keep that heart in the right posture, even though it's a different communicator. We still want to have the same heart for the house. So you said some practical things that Pastor Javen has it from three points, how you get into it. What else would you say if it's not even just communicating a message, but if it's doing a welcome from a closing, what can you do as a communicator to go? You want to be your own personal voice. It's a different voice than your senior pastor. But how do you continue to fight for the house, the direction, what we're trying to do? What are some practical things that you can do if it's communicating a message like in your position? Or if it's even just doing a welcome and a close, how can we continue with our personal senior pastors to continue to make sure that we're using our voice, but always fighting for the same direction of the house? 100. I love that. I think definitely just on a practical level, one thing I do when I don't preach, which is 95% of the time, is I am I I, I sit through multiple services. I, I receive as Omar, I need to receive from my pastor one service. The next service is I'm studying you. I'm writing. I write down these things. I would say most of my sermons include a Javen Chavez quote, you know, like as pastor, pastor says this all the time about faith, you faith is spelled R I S K. Like I have these thing, these isms from pastor that allow me to amplify those things. Like th- this, these are, these are, you know, just little things that are, are powerful. And, and it also it, it lifts the burden off me because I don't always have to come up with these isms, I guess you could say, because I'm only preaching a few times a year. So the more I can amplify, the better. In the context of emceeing, I, I love that you bring this down because I would, I would just, I would share the story of like, 
there was a time where, you know, we do these welcomes, right? We welcome the first time guests. Hey, if you're not, if you, if you aren't a first time guest and you're looking to get more connected, come, uh, take this journey on with, and, and your, your next step is to take next steps and what next steps is. And we have like, there's a script to it. And then on the same token, when we end service, there's essentially this like format to it on how we, you know, end service. And I, I, in the beginning, I would take these liberties, you know, just to be funny, <laughs> Omar, be your dry humor self, which nobody understands ever. So it's actually cringe and awkward, but, but then I would get hit with the text. Hey, just stick to the script. Hey, just make sure that you're just, you're just going based, you know, what, what the, what the planning center says. So having those moments is, is definitely it. And I mean, in my dynamic, it was almost being trusted with that season first. Like, Hey, can you stick to the script? Can you stay under 35 minutes? Can you just preach like clear, like before you get all whatever, you know, and I would say the, the trust has been built and also extended. Right. So in that, in, in that format, I think it's just, Hey, if you get asked to do something, just do it like clockwork for, for a while. Um, and yes. I think you'll feel it. I think you'll yes. know when it's like, oh, I, I actually have something here that will will actually help this announcement. I actually have this story that I heard at a coffee shop and it makes sense for me to share because now I have this like, it's it's almost like, I, I think when you, I watch American Idol, I just revealed myself and I just got total judgment. But there's this judge. I haven't watched this, it since 2004. <laughs> well, they're in their 21st season and uh, you're missing out. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh but they sometimes they would judge a, a singer based on their ability to know that they can do everything, but you can feel that they're 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 honing it in, right? And and that's that's actually more professional than showing all your things and being you know and and just throwing it all out there. I think in the same way, it's like what what are you asked to do? Can you just do that? That that would be the easiest way to extend, amplify, extend what the pastor's heart is. Well, don't you think we need to play the long game here, not the short game? You know, right. you can't give in one announcement. Yeah. And you feel like you got a riff and throw scripture in there and, you know, have an altar call and it's like your one shot versus to me, the communicators that show over time, there's still more in the tank. There's still more in the tank. There's still like they, I just respect those leaders so much because they could have, well, you, your, your pastor or maybe even you said it one time um, on our podcast that meekness is power under control. Is that correct? Right. Power under control or strength under control. I said it, but it's control. in the Bible. Well, yes, but I mean. Okay, yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> but but just the the idea that that it's meekness, like it's it's to to approach your work like that mm. and wise. I, I want to talk that for just a minute about. Um, Platform hosting, though, I feel like all the attention goes to sermon prepping, you know, and we all do like one a year or Omar is really ahead and does like four a year, you know, <laughs> and but how many times are we up there? We're hosting service. We're welcoming guests for the thousandth time. We're doing the offering, you know, the transitions, whatever. But let's. You know, to me, I always think to the guest that's in here today, that welcome is not the thousandth time, it's the first time. And right. I think service hosting 
doesn't get near the airtime that it needs in terms of development, in terms of its importance. I view it as right up there with the message that you are setting the table. You are creating the environment for the word to go for. I just love to hear your thoughts on that because I feel like that is an aspect that is so important in terms of hospitality and gets very little airtime in terms yeah, of Yeah, I mean, let's let, yeah, if, if you reverse engineer the intention behind portions of the service, like you said, that moment is a lot for first time guests, right? Like people who are there for the first time. And uh, what's funny is that because it's a, it's something we do every week, the tone could be almost like, let's just get through this part. Right. And what's so funny is, you know, there, when, I, when, when I would do it and I would, you know, lock it in and we do it every weekend, you'd still be surprised that people still don't know what next steps is. And then they're like, yeah, I've been coming for like six months. And that just, that, that that's not your fault. We say it every Sunday, you know, but what, what, what's that stat? Like, you know, most people come to church like one, once a month too, you know, so people aren't even really, it is, it's so repetitive to us, the people on the team, the people saying it over and over, but it's, it is not repetitive to them. They need the reminder. You're serving them by giving it to them almost like they are, they are hearing it for the first time, which the people who are hearing that more moment, welcome to church. If you're a guest with us, we have a gift for you. And we, that's just our way of celebrating you for being here. We're so honored that you would take time out of your Sunday and spend it here at City Light Church. So we want to just please, after service, meet us at the tent. Our, term, our, our team will be there waiting for you. We just want to say hello, shake your hand. And uh, we're just glad. One more time, church, let's give it up. It's, dude, it's embedded in me. But like, <laughs> I'm, I'm that excited for the for people who are checking us out like it's it's so powerful that um we had the opportunity to, to see new people but but yeah i i mean i i, I kind of probably went you no know, tangent on on your because i forgot the question but i think you have to remind yourself that you, you know they're meeting you for the first time that they probably weren't even paying attention last time they maybe were late walking in who knows but hey we're just gonna lock in and and, it, and then Speaking to kind of what I talked about a bit ago about like sticking to the script, you know, one thing that like I remember I definitively remember was even there was a moment where I I went to stick to the script in regards to the prayer part where we go back into worship. And and I remember Pastor Jabin texted me like, hey, minister, take your time there. Like go like feel, feel like pray over the needs that you like and and I was like, whoa, okay, like that that, that was like a, a step in, different. in that yeah. quote unquote yeah. direction, right? And yeah. so, yeah, I think the dynamic in all that is, um, yeah, I, I think understanding what the job is and and doing it like it is the first time and realizing, say it to the person, it's so important. Part of, you know, I was, I'm in uh, 16 Laws of Communication with John Maxwell, but knowing, just knowing the audience in which you're talking to and when you're up there, depending on what you are talking about, you are speaking to a specific audience even in those moments. And so um, all that to say, yeah, I think. Let's. Let's go back to kind of the central idea of the conversation today. And that is this idea, when do you find your life? When do you lose your life? So this is my question to you. When should a leader focus on being unique? And when should they make it a priority to sound like their pastor? Like, where's the line there between those two things? Um, I, th I think part of the line is it's coming I mean, like that's loaded. And I think it's very relationally based because 
I believe if you've been asked to preach on a Sunday, yes, there are those guardrails, but then there's also this extended trust. Like you've been asked to preach on Sunday. Your life has probably, you know, been an exemplary life to even be in a position to be asked, um, you know, the way you are seen by your pastor. And so there, there's so many, um, I would say you could say like, go get them vibes when it comes to like, Hey, you're preaching this Sunday. Um, but at the same time, understanding and getting clear on those, like, where, where do I not go, you know, rails off? So I, I think, I think the way I do that is honestly going back to kind of like the structure and framework, I, I, my, the structure of my sermon is very similar to what you will get on any given Sunday that pastor's preaching, which, which makes an easy connection. The dynamic that I now get to bring is my dynamic, my experiences, my daughter and wife, my friendship, my business. Uh, and, and these are, these are, and, and then, and then it's also like my, my, my propensities and, and my, my own, the things that I feel, you know, that maybe pastor hasn't really touched on. You know, I, I love preaching on like, you know, fearing the Lord and obedience. And I feel like I, I can do that because I'm pastor Omar, you know, like pe- people off stage, they, we have coffee dates and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm encouraging people in the Lord and, and wanting to live out the call of God on their life. And so when I'm up there and I'm saying it from a, you know, like a, a, to the entire church body, you know, there's a way you do that. And I think a lot of those times just, it just comes with like running it through Pastor Javen. And I, I, I keep going back to frameworks. Like I remember, you know, one of his things he told me was, hey, what, sometimes you say something and you think they know what you're saying. And then he gave me a framework even right there. He was like, you know, state, illustrate, apply. So he's like, you have these great one-liners, but you, you say them and then you move on. And it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, what, what, what did you just mean by that? What, state, illustrate, ap- apply. And like, and then now, now that he's told me that, now when I'm, I'm hearing him preach on a Sunday, I'm, I'm now, that's now being illuminated. I'm like, oh, he did it there. Oh, he did it again. And so I really go back to like the framework side of it. And that's what I've probably died to. I, I used to look at Judah, you know, when I wasn't preaching, I'm like, man, if I could just like hold the mic like this guy, the way he like holds the mic, I just, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> and, and the way he moves on the stage, I'm like, what, what I want it. I want, I want to make people feel how he makes people feel. But then on the same side, I love the Chris Hodges is my online pastor. Like that's the guy, you know, he, he doesn't have to move and he moves you, you know? And, 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 and even just that, that, that side, like, there's this desire in me to want to please a, a Christian who who loves preaching, but then there's like, can you can you help can you help your church for Monday, you know like, um, and so I've become a headset guy, you know, and 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 it and it's become really good. But I've 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 had the option to like try different things in that regard. And this is very practical practical, but like I I found that Omar, you're a teacher, you you take these complex things, you make them simple for the church. That's, that's your, your, your goal isn't to make things that are complex, more deep and complex. Your, 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 your role is to take deep concepts, deep things that people think about and really simplify them so that they can apply it. The pressure's off at that point, you know? Yeah. I think one thing I felt like I heard you saying just a minute ago, I'll just add my words into it. But what I felt like I heard you saying was maybe let your pastor define what the win looks like. You know, that, totally. that it's, you know, let, let them, if it is to be you and to, 
share your heart and your uniqueness, do that. But if it's not, if there is a different target to hit, you know, let them, let them set that target. I guess I'm thinking of that because of my own world. And I find myself in different churches uh, throughout the year. And I've really had to learn that first of all, on any platform, any of us in the second chair are a guest. And um, I could come with my agenda or I could seek to accomplish what's on their heart, you know, right. and let them set, let them set the target for the day. I, I have okay. found that to be more effective. Right. When, and, and, on a, and on a practical level, like February, I preached a very prophetic message in the sense of something I felt for our church or like in underneath the theme of the year. And it, it was, it was awesome. It really came, it came out of a personal, personal devotion time and stuff like that. This next round I'm preaching in a couple of weeks, we're starting the book of James and pastor Javen's kicking it off in week one. And he gave me the borders. He's like, I need you to preach faith without works is dead. It's, you know, you're, you're in chapter two. And now it, that's, that's now the, the, the constraint or you could, the playground that I have. Right. And so yes, defining that. And if, you, if that is not defined, I would encourage you communicator to seek that because you hoping for, for like always this manna, crazy, awesome revelation that like it's, I'd actually, I love the parameters. Like, dude, give me the playground so I can, you know, lock in. Um, and yeah, so I, I, that, I think that would be one way to really define it. it. It's different many oftentimes. Sometimes you're in a series, sometimes you're kicking off the series. Sometimes it just ended and now it's time it got very heady and it's time to build the faith of the church. And, you know, um, so yeah, yeah, that was a good insight. Yeah. Uh, what I heard in all of that was a lot of humility and a lot of honor. Uh, and, and, you know, as we know, as communicators, the platform's a privilege. It's not a place to promote ourselves. That's right. It's not a place to, you know, uh, build a name or build a brand or anything like that. It's, it's a call number one. And obviously, you know, you experience that call, uh, but it's also our pastors, you know, putting our, their stamp of approval on us and giving us that platform and trusting us with it. Uh, and I think that that's how, you know, you continue to have the voice of the pastor is by honoring the pastor and honoring the seat that you've been called to and, and being humble and making sure that you're not, you know, becoming prideful because you did a great message. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think it's one thing to know what you can improve. It's another thing to puff yourself up. Um, and I just hear humility and I hear honor when, when they say stay in the guardrails, you, you do that. You stay in the guardrails when he said, Hey, you know, take some more time in this moment. Then you, you know, you, you, you moved in that and you're free to do that. So I just think it's so, so important that Beautiful. Um, we are honoring the seat uh, that we've been given because if we, if we don't, um, you know, God can easily remove us. I got a question for you, Omar. So, and it could go a lot of different ways here. So of course we're talking about communication in your, in your thought and your process, what becomes the win on a weekend when you communicate? So like, for example, you said, start sharing about the book of James is the win going when you get off platform, people are like, man, you did a really great job, man. You should be preaching more often. <laughs> is that the win or is the win going? Always. <laughs> yeah. Or do I want to dive into the book of James? Or is it something right. overall? Because I think sometimes the target is different depending on what the goal is. So for right. you personally at City Light, you just talked about you preached a couple of weeks ago. You're about to preach again. What would be the big win for you? Is it the response you get from your pastor? Did you get people who are not connected in the church to get connected to the church? 
what would be on the win on a weekend when you get platform time to preach to be the welcome closing what's the win for you in your in your mind yeah i i would say the win is when people start asking you when are you gonna start your own church <laughs> just so <laughs> awkward like why are you so shallow as far as how you connect what leading a church is? And okay, uh, sorry. Uh, that's what came in my mind because I'm like, dude, what are you asking me right now? Get behind me, so, Satan. Um, it's so funny. But no, I, I honestly, something I've learned is that people are always going to say you did a good job. Uh, there's two, I think there's two ways I look at it. I have to be okay with my performance. You're right. Like I have to get off stage and say, I was prepared. I delivered that, that like, dude, God met me like the Holy, I let the Holy spirit go. Like I have to get off stage. It's something I learned from, uh, Chad Veach has his like 21 rules of communication. He's like, dude, if you're not, if you get off stage, cause everyone's going to congratulate or thank or, you know, whatever. But like, if you're not happy with your performance, then you need to go back to the weight room, bro. You know? So that's, that is part, that's, that's one part uh, one way I look at it on my, my, my side of things, as far as my, my ability to want to be better. Um, obviously, you know, how pastor responds to it. I, I, it's crazy. Cause I would say the last time I, I, I was able to preach, you know, he was like, he's like, Omar, a like literally a one like I have nothing to say. And that like bursted my heart. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, I did it. You know, like super, <laughs> he affirmed me. I got my healed my father wound. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you know, like, you know, now, now like 40 minutes in Omar gets like Omar, but that, that what's crazy about that is I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have necessarily say that was my favorite, you know, but, but be, for whatever reasons, I think because I maybe like just went through all that we talked through and I implemented it and I took his ideas and I, I added them in and, and, you know, I think it honored him. And, and in response, he said, dude, a one, um, I would say on, on the, on the congregation standpoint of things, dude, when I start seeing people do the thing on Monday and I never say like, Hey, post this or whatever, but when I see them do it, like the, uh, in December, I preached on like, you know, how to, how to get started reading the Bible and why we, why you needed to make it, you know, why it's important. So first time people, or, you know, they hear all these statistics and facts and all this stuff. But I was like, dude, you know what I do, guys? I turn on this guy. His name's William Augusto. It's like piano music. And it just it just sets the environment. And then I go into Proverbs of the day. You know, just make, like, I, I went back to the, the, back to what I was mentioning earlier. Like, just when, when I realized that they, it clicked and it, and it provokes action on Monday, for me, that is the win on the, for the congregation. Because yeah. that's like, that's like, I don't have to preach anymore. Like I, you know, I gave you the tool. I gave you the, uh, for some, the Holy spirit convicted you to the point of action. And now you're being obedient uh, by just doing the thing that you learned yesterday. Uh, I used, I used to love the notes. Like when people showed me their notes or when they shared the notes on Sunday. And I think that's really cool. It's like you literally, people are transferring what you have on your iPad onto their like notes. But then, I, the, but then at some point I'm like, dude, people can take notes all day, but if they're not doing what, you know, if it's not applicable right. for Monday. So that would be the greatest probably win that I'm looking for is like 
is there something in my sermon that really makes this, you know, stay at home mom able to apply this, um, or this busy, you know, dad, uh, able to apply this, whether that's join a group, whether that's, you know, start, you start taking 10 minutes to pray in the morning, whether wh- whatever that little thing that we can do to get people onto that next uh, step of their devotion. Um, I, that, that's, that blesses my heart for real. So good. Let, let me land this conversation for today. I could talk to you for a long time about this. I, I want you to keep having you back. You are family now, uh, by the way. Um, Talk about trust as we we end today. How important is it to build and maintain trust with your pastor? Because trust is gained over time. It's lost in moments. Right. You know, sadly, just what, how important has this, the concept of trust been between you and your pastor in this space? Oh man, I mean, I would say it's everything um, when it comes to this side of things, because there's not too many people that grab a microphone, even where we're at, right? Like, um, it's I, I am I'm emceeing most mostly every weekend when there's a guest speaker. I'm 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 getting them. I'm getting the church ready. Um, but I would say there there are two ways to do trust and uh, like i i think about Craig Rochelle and how he talks about you can either extend it or you can have somebody earn it um in my case it's been a hybrid right it's been the consistency of uh me leading groups semester after semester and seeing something grow that i put my hand to um and and seeing the consistency it, probably in my character and showing up and and then C19 and Omar's still here. And now he's now he's started a new video department to let people to, or so because we have to stream now. And uh, you know, it I think it was a lot of that that communicated to Pastor Javen that like more than my finances and investment, more than my the time, it was like really he felt heart and soul. And and I think that was kind of like on a relational level, that was like, okay, we're unstoppable at this point, if, if, if all is well, you know, and, and so I, you know, because we had the previous relationship, he was my youth pastor before it planned. And we went, went on trips and talked about city light and how, how groups would look and this, that, and the other, there was that relational side of things, but obviously the platform is still, it's still different, you know, in, 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 as far as releasing people in that. So I think that came with the hybrid of him extending trust and saying, you know, I trust that that desire that God's given you, you're a man of God. And if that is a desire God's given you, I'm going to trust you. And yeah. And then at that point, it's our, it, it would be my job to now him have to revoke it or pull back trust, right? Like it's on me. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's the, the hybrid of the two and I've experienced that. Um, and in every season, it's still that right now, now we're, we're really in like the hiring phase and, I've been entrusted with like looking through some of these resumes and talking like, what, what are my thoughts on, uh, you yeah. know, these people? And that wasn't the case always. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's time it's, it's released. I think it's in certain cases, it's probably deciphered in, um, in that way, but, uh, dude, yeah. I mean, it, it, I think, I don't know how you could build without it. I don't know how you can let somebody go without it. It's beautiful. And, you know, the reason I ask it is just because I think sometimes there are leaders looking for opportunity. They're looking to get picked. You know, they're looking for what's next. And I think we overlook that fact 
you know, that it's not just about being the most talented in the room. Some of us who have been picked certainly are not, you know, it's not about, I mean, sometimes it's just about having a bank of trust with your pastor that's so real and so deep and unshakable that, um, and, and sometimes that's the factor that'll move you right into the opportunity you're actually looking for. So Omar, we love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for how you represent the house. Thank you for some wisdom today. Uh, we're really grateful for you. Man, I'm so honored. Um, literally anytime we can go, if you stay in this communication loop, maybe maybe at some point later on, or if we start going, I'm, I'm just in, I'm in. The answer is yes. I, I'm, I'm calling it now. Omar's communication masterclass is coming okay. soon. Like, okay. that, 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 that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Thanks, my friend. Love you. To find the episode guide, visit our website, leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leading Second and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook. 